1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Patriots Report. My name is Christopher Price, the Boston Globe. Today we are joined by Lawrence Owen, the host of Believe in Colts, with former indie linebacker Dequell Jackson. You can follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Lawrence, let's start off with this. I'm getting a very distinct vibe. Out of Indianapolis this week that the Colts are pointing this once as evidence that the rivalry is back or at least something close to the old school Patriots Colts rivalry games that we saw here for so many years with Brady and Manning. What's your feeling on that? What's the feeling in Indianapolis about this
1: one? I think with uh, most media members and coaches and players, there there really hasn't been a rivalry since the Manning Brady days. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with fans, those memories are still very vivid and and are there, right? But in all honesty, in my own personal opinion, I I, I hope that this is at the beginning of a new rivalry because that previous rivalry was a really big thing. It brought a lot of. Uh, outside views from you know outside the Patriots and the Colts organization to watch these games whenever they happen. And to have a rivalry, you need to have a little bit of back and forth. So there hasn't been a back and forth <laughs> since 2009. Uh, the, the, the Patriots have utterly decimated the Indianapolis Colts ever since that game uh, in the AFC Championship. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's the beginning of a new rivalry.
0: The the NFL is a better place when Patriots-Colts games matter. I I, I will long submit that, look, you know, you can look to the AFC North. You can look to the Steelers and Ravens. You know, you can look at the Mm NFC East. But when you have Patriots-Colts games that move the needle, that have to be moved into Mm -hmm. prime time Saturday night, the league is a better place when you have these two teams as counterpoints to each other.
1: Oh, absolutely. Actually, when the schedule dropped and I saw the Colts Patriots uh, for this week coming off a bye, I, was, I immediately thought to myself, if both these teams are in playoff contention, how does this not get flexed to a primetime game? And sure mm-hmm. enough, it, it absolutely happened.
0: One of the things I think that makes this such a compelling matchup beyond the old school rivalry feeling, is that I'm struck by the fact that these two teams, at least on paper, present as very similar. They both like to run the ball. They both play good defense. They're both smart. They don't take a lot of penalties. They have good special teams. From your
1: perspective, is that a fair assessment? Uh, Incredibly a fair assessment. I mean, both these guys really do rely on running the football to set up their pass uh, defensively. My goodness, uh, the Patriots, one of the best in the I think they have the number one ranked defense in the NFL right now, if I'm not mistaken. And the Colts lead the NFL in turnovers, you know, mm-hmm. defensively. So this is this is something that um is going to be a very interesting game to watch. As, as my co-host said uh earlier this week, this could be a game that would be very boring for most people to watch if, <laughs> if it comes down to to how, you know, it looks on paper being just a, a defensive running game. <laughs>
0: this is, it feels like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, some of the quotes out of Indianapolis this week, it feels like the Colts defense is daring Mac Jones to beat them. What's your
1: feeling on that approach? I don't know if it's a dare. I think that, you know, it's just like any game that you walk into, you want to make a team one-dimensional right? No matter what. And the Patriots are very good run game. Mac Jones is a rookie. And in any given thought process, if you sit down and think about you're going to want a rookie, no matter how good they're playing, Mac Jones is playing uh, the best of all the rookie quarterbacks in, uh, in the NFL this season, but he's still a rookie, you know, and there are points where you can possibly confuse him, maybe get some pressure on him, maybe make him make a few mistakes, But it all boils down to stopping that run game. And I I think that's what, you know, most teams are going to try to do that against the Patriots.
0: One of the things that stands out for me is that while Mac and the Patriots are undefeated away from home, Mm -hmm. a lot of those road games have not been real crucibles, you know, for lack of a better term. The game in Buffalo, I think that was loud. and That was a great test for him. But you look at some of the other road games, it's not exactly, you know, hostile territory here. I have to believe that this is going to be one of the first real road tests for him in his rookie year.
1: Yeah, I believe that that uh, walking into Lucas Oil Stadium, obviously, with the history that the Patriots and Colts have, that that stadium is going to be incredibly loud, especially on your third downs. And it's going to be something that Matt Jones is going to have to try to overcome with the noise and, and getting the calls, getting the calls out, things of that nature. It, it'll be very interesting to see if he can rise up to that challenge.
0: I want to talk about the, the specifically now the Indianapolis offense, because they're so in, this may be an unfair assessment from the outside. Let, let me know if, if you feel strongly the other way, but they they particularly, they really feel so run heavy and they're one of the best first quarter teams. It's not the best first quarter in the team when it comes to scoring have they had to play from behind a lot? And how have they done when that's been the case?
1: Generally, they don't play from behind. Like you said, I mean, uh, they're one of the best first quarter teams in the NFL. They, Out of their last games that they have played, the, their three, last three losses, they had 10 point or more leads at some point in that game. So generally they're playing with a lead and then in the second quarter stuff happens, whether it's turnovers, whether the defense is not able to to stop specific plays. Um, I don't think that they're obviously the Colts want to be a run first team, Mm -hmm. as you as you mentioned that they are a bit run heavy because they want to try to establish that run. And if it's working, then you don't go, you know, you don't fix something that's not broken But there there have been times when that wasn't the case, like against Tampa Bay, where the run game early in the game was not working and they went heavy pass, 26 straight passes by Carson Wentz in that game. And during that span, that offense scored 24 points during that. So they do have the ability to move the ball through the air, but they just want to lean on that run game because it, it just opens up the rest of the game so much more.
0: So if that run game isn't working on Saturday, what's the Colts offensive game plan? Is it, I imagine they want to maybe open it up. They want to spread it out a little bit. I also know too, that Taylor is also particularly, you know, he can be explosive in the passing game as well. So you have that option as well. But let's say that, look, the Colts go three and out. They can't run the ball. They're having trouble developing any sort of offensive consistency with that ground attack. What's the game plan from that point on?
1: It really depends upon how the defense of the Patriots are playing that run. You know, uh, if they're if they're playing that run with a tight front seven, then that's a situation where you'll probably end up seeing a lot, a lot more screens and, and and things of that nature to running backs, tight ends, you know, trying to just hit the uh, catch the, the linebackers crashing the middle or, you know, hitting the tight ends just over the top of uh, those linebackers. But if they're bringing a safety down, the Indianapolis Colts have a lot of deep threats in the passing game uh, Mm -hmm. with Michael Pittman, Jr. T.Y. Hilton, even Ashton Doolin has, has picked it up. He had a, like a 60 some yard uh, touchdown pass the last game that they had. So it it really depends upon what the Patriots are doing at that point to effectively stop the run. In my opinion,
0: Taylor is obviously the Colts best and most talented offensive option, but let's presume the Patriots are able to bottle him up at the very least minimize his impact because look, Taylor's going to get his yards. He's going to get his production. Even if the Patriots, commit totally and completely to stopping the run but with a focus on Taylor give me one or two other names on the offensive side of the ball for Indy who the Colts would need to step up or might have a chance to shine if New England is going all in to try and slow Taylor
1: well the the big thought process is uh here in Indy is that you know Bill Belichick is known for taking away your first two options which is you know without any question it's going to be Jonathan Taylor and probably Michael Pittman Jr. because Michael Pittman has really established himself as an ex-receiver on this team. So guys that need to step up, obviously, T.Y. Hilton. He's, he's had injuries all or earlier this season. He's starting to get healthier. He's starting to get more and more um, targets through the passing game. And he most likely will not be lined up for the first time in his career against the Patriots, against the Patriots' number one Mm cornerback. J.C. Jackson will most likely be on on Michael Pittman Jr., so T.Y. is going to have to take advantage of that. The other guy I think that the Colts could lean on is someone who's been, you know, quietly under the radar this year in the second running back, Naheem Hines. The Colts have been playing a lot more two running back formations, splitting Hines out. Uh, using him in the passing game a lot. And he hasn't been getting as many targets, but he's incredibly dangerous and a matchup nightmare against linebackers.
0: How is Wentz in the pocket? Is he the kind of quarterback? We've seen him kind of, at least from the outside, go through a couple of different incarnations. Is he the kind of guy who might be able to beat you with his legs if things break down? What are some things to look out for outside of the traditional passing game when it comes to Carson Wentz?
1: Carson Wentz is a guy who traditionally wants to throw the football first however if things break down or there is a massive opening in the field uh he will take off and run with the football every game you expect a a 10 to 15 yard run by him for a first down the last three games that we've played uh he's been on third and longs and taken off and and made that first down another thing is he's he's a guy who occasionally will try to extend a play outside the pocket. Not as often as we have seen in the days of Philly. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with Frank Reich and, and, and them trying to, to to kind of lower that a little bit so that the turnover-worthy plays are down. But yes, he, he's gotten much better at in a situation where he's extending a play. He'll either take off and run with the football, or uh, if it comes down to it, We've been seeing him throw the football away, even on an extended play, when when absolutely needed. Uh, it's, it's it's very impressive.
0: Let me flip it over to the other side of the ball here. If you're the New England offense, what are you targeting this week? What area of the field are you looking for outside of the traditional running game? We know that they're going to be able to get their yards on the ground, even though you know, we know that Indy's been strong against the run, the performance of guys like Harris and Stevenson, and maybe to a lesser extent, Brandon Bolden. Suggest that the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball at least a little bit on the ground against this defense. But in the passing game, are, are you looking at a certain area of the field? If you're Bill Belichick, if you're Josh McDaniels, what are you
1: – who are you targeting? Oh, without any question. Uh, the, I'm not targeting my receivers nearly as much. The, the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts defense, I, I, I get, the last three games, they have given up an average of 163 yards through the air. And, and the most receiving yards uh, given up to any receiver the last three games have been 27 yards hmm. to, to any single receiver. And, and that's going up against, you know, Tom Brady and that dynamic Bucks offense, the Buffalo Bills and that offense as well uh, over those three games. But Guys that have really damaged the Indianapolis Colts this season are tied ends, right between the numbers on the field.
0: So, so you're looking at, you, it, if, if you're the Indy defense, you're looking, okay, we got to lock down Hunter Henry. We've got to lock down John U. Smith. We have to take care of those guys because, and, and I think some of the, the vibe up here in new England is that Who Smith has kind of worked under the radar a little bit. Hunter Henry has been good in the red zone, but maybe he hasn't had those same sort of numbers that say a Rob Gronkowski has been able to put up over the course of the season.
1: Yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, that's gotta be a focus for the Indianapolis Colts and it's, it, it should be a focus for the Patriots offense and, and, and Josh McDaniels. I mean, obviously there's no question in my mind. He's seen this on film as he, as he looked, looked over the film this past season for the Colts, they give up so much. It's, it's not just the yardage and the yak yardage, to tight ends. It's the completion rate is, is through the roof. And, uh, with, with the Patriots having two dynamic tight ends, in my opinion, uh, both top 10 tight ends in the NFL. I really do believe this is an opportunity that Mac Jones and that tight end group could really uh, establish a, a really solid game through the year.
0: Tell me about the Indianapolis special teams unit. I, I, again, we, we talked off the top that, that these two teams are very, very similar. They're both smart. They like to run the ball. They like to play good defense. They like to play physical defense. And they also have, you know, each team has a a good special team team, but tell me what stands out for you the most about the Colts special teamers.
1: Uh, Special teamers, uh, when it comes to uh, kickoff and punt coverage, we have all pros just like the Patriots do Uh, very, very good at, at, at flipping a field Mm -hmm. when it comes to punting the football Uh, Field goal units right now, the starter at the beginning of the year uh, in uh, Rodrigo Blankenship is on IR. And the reason he's staying on IR is because Mike Badgley has been performing quite well uh, in his absence. So the field goal units have been doing very, very well as well. The only little blemish that I could say is so far this year. Naheem Hines on the punt returns have muffed two punts and, and, and given the ball away on, on on those. And that's a little bit of a blemish that makes me a little bit worried.
0: What surprised you the most about this Colts team this year? And it was interesting. I talked to Zach Kiefer earlier in the week, and I know you guys checked in with him as well. And I said, look, the level of expectation. I think for me was a little bit of a surprise. When when you look at this team, they really could be nine and four. Is that the biggest surprise for you? Is there something else that really kind of jumps off the page consistently for you about this
1: Colts team? Well, I mean, they've lost four games at the last uh, minute of a game or in overtime this year. You know, so if they, if they were able to find a way. Uh, to flip that script and close out games. Absolutely. They could be, you know, a 10 win team right now, you know. Uh, but the biggest surprise to me is the defense. Uh, at the beginning, during, during uh, preseason, Darius Leonard came out and said, you know, our goal is 40 turnovers this year. 40. And he was, uh, I'm quite frankly, laughed at, right? I mean, 40 is a monstrous number. Mm-hmm. They're on pace for 38 right now that is something that is absolutely like mind-boggling to have that many turnovers by a defense. And that, that's the biggest surprise, in my opinion. It, it
0: feels like, from the outside, in the AFC, and maybe I'm just viewing this through a New England prism, let me know if you feel otherwise, that we're talking about the Colts. Or we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're not talking about the Colts maybe enough. We're talking about the Chiefs. We're talking about the Patriots. The Bills continue to be a compelling team, even though we, they kind of hit the skids. The last few weeks, the Titans with Derrick Henry. Tell me why we should be talking about the Colts more. Tell me why we should be including them in that conversation.
1: Well, I think that they're being overlooked because of their record being seven and six. They're just over 500. But if you go look at all their losses and and all their games in general, like I said, they've played against teams that they have lost in the last minute or overtime to Tampa Bay. You know, incredible team uh you're looking at um the ravens who you know lead their division uh back back when you know lamar was healthy not Mm -hmm. dealing with that ankle um we're we're talking about the rams who right now are just on fire right they just defeated the cardinals in a in a in a very prominent fashion the titans you know who lead the division and, and are tied for the afc uh so that is something, in my opinion, that I've looked at, and I'm like, okay, so they played against some of the best teams in the NFL and hang and hung with them. And whenever they played against teams that they should beat, they've absolutely blown them out of the water. Uh, they faced the Texans twice. Obviously, you should beat them. But between both those games, they beat them by a combined score of 62-3, to three, right? <laughs> with the Jets, obviously, you should beat the Jets. But when you blow them out by five scores, that's a statement win. And mm. that's what the Indianapolis Colts have done. They've, they've played tough teams tough, and they've completely outmatched the teams that they should be.
0: All right, give me a game plan for Indy to win this thing. What has to happen, two or three points of emphasis for the Colts going into Saturday night if they want to be able to beat the Patriots?
1: First and foremost, I think we have to be able to get pressure uh, on – mac jones in the passing game uh i, I don't care if if they send an, an extra guy a fifth guy occasionally um but we need to do it in a way that we haven't shown it very much because bill belichick is an excellent coach and he'll be ready for just about anything with josh mcdaniel sitting there you know uh looking at film you got to be able to send a blitz in places that you haven't seen before you got to stop that run game uh of the patriots there's no question about it i whether or not Harris is playing, it doesn't matter. Stevenson is still a very, very solid rookie at the running back position, uh, has shown that he could do just about everything. And we got to be able to stop that run game and get pressure on Matt Jones in order to win defensively, offensively. It's the same thing uh, that probably the Patriots are, are, are looking to do. They got to be able to win their battles in the trenches, offensive, offensive line-wise, right? You got to be able to open up the holes for your running game um bill belichick's uh, bill belichick led defense is very well known uh for game planning against guys as we talked about earlier and yes he's going to try to stop them but frank wright can't do what he did in tampa bay right he cannot just all of a sudden well the run game's not working let's go away from it and throw it 26 times not against this past defense of the patriots you do not want to do that jc jackson will take one back to the house Okay, we need to be able to consistently run the football, whether or not he's getting four, five, six, seven yards a clip or not. If, even if he's getting two or three, at least continue to do so to keep that defense honest the rest of the game.
0: Lawrence, you've been with the Colts for an, an awful long time. And this is the last question I have for you. And this is a question I'm asking a lot of people over the course of the week. What are some of your favorite memories of this rivalry? Is it the 2006 AFC Championship game? That's the one I'm getting an awful lot from people in Indianapolis. You know, fourth and two back in 2009. Whatever the case may be, what are some memories for you? Some of the more enduring memories for you when it
1: comes to this great rivalry? Obviously, the AFC championship, that comeback win was an absolute stunner. I mean, even Colts fans in that game all about turned the game off, you know, uh, at that point, And then they come back and win. So that's definitely up there. Uh, but there's been a lot of other, uh, other great matchups uh, throughout history. I actually like uh, that the game um, where Chuck Pagano, those two massive losses, Mm -hmm. That the Indianapolis Colts had to the Patriots during that during the luck era, Uh, you have the the, uh, not as a fan, but as a guy who likes to sit down and realize, you know what, that was, you know, a barometer of the team, we were not able to defeat the Patriots at that point weren't even close to defeating the Patriots during those two games. We got to get better as a team, and that's why I lo- that's why I love the Patriots. Over the course of the last twenty plus years, is if you can make a game against the Patriots, then you can consider your team a legit team and a contender in the AFC.
0: Zach Kiefer told me that he believes that win in the AFC Championship game that year was bigger for the Colts than winning the Super Bowl.
1: It absolutely was. Uh, that was a, a game that that proved that the Indianapolis Colts was labeled. And rightfully so, a finesse team, right? And that defense was just hitting and lighting our offensive players up uh, all the time and and just taking them off the ball. That was a game that the Colts actually out the Patriots for the first time when it was able to win and get over that hump and get in. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, the Super Bowl was great and it's a great memory, but it was the Bears. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: This this feels like there's a little sense that this game, as we mentioned off the top, there's it's not the old school rivalry. Look, it's not from 2001 to 2010 or whatever, 2011. It's never going to be like that ever again. We're never going to see Brady versus Manning on a consistent basis like we saw back then. It's never going to be as impactful as it was back then. But Saturday night, prime time, two teams going for a playoff spot. There's a lot in the line here. I think this at least has some a little bit of that old school feeling when you talk about the rivalry
1: between these two teams. It's yes and no. As a Colts fan, this rivalry hopefully like as I said the new rivalry This is a completely different, like, setup. We don't even have the same head coach. We don't have, you know, the majority of the players. We don't have a lot of that. And and the way the team is set up is completely different. You know, the Colts haven't been a run-first team in the entire previous rivalry that we were. Yes, Edger and James was great. Edger and James was great. But we weren't a run-first team. When you got Peyton Manning, you're not a run-first team. So this is a very interesting new rivalry between two new teams. And I, I can't wait to see how this uh turns out in the future
0: so we get mac jones versus carson Wentz for the next 10 years
1: okay we definitely could see that that'd be
0: fun that'd be fun Or at the very least look jonathan taylor against you know damien harris for 10 years so you'll we'll, we'll go with that or five years given the lifespan of a running back so <laughs> right. hey lawrence man this has been an awful lot of fun thank you so much for joining me let people know where they can see you where they can read you where they can hear your stuff
1: Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Lawrence Owen. I'm the host of the Colts Law podcast and the Believe in Colts podcast with the Kael Jackson. You could find my audio podcast anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, and of course, I am on YouTube. YouTube uh, on uh, Lawrence Owen. You can just type in Colts Law as well and find it there as well. And then um, I'm Colts underscore Law on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you I so much for this- having me.
0: I, I love doing these crossovers man and hopefully between now and then between now and the, the postseason, we can schedule another one of these so we can say we can have a you know an indie new england postseason podcast breakdown so thank oh. you so much for your time man